0: Throughout this podcast, there'll be swearing and adult themes that some people may find offensive. Ever, ever, ever. Hello and welcome to It's Not You, It's Them, But It Might Be You. And Mondays are the day where I deep dive into a hot topic, something that's popping up on social media or in the news. But today I thought we'd do things a little bit differently, because I'm here with Grace Campbell, who's going to be my amazing guest for the next couple of Alternate Friday episodes. But today I wanted her to join me on the hot topic for today, which is off the back of the fact that a lot of high profile rape and sexual assault trials in the media Have gone not guilty recently. Um, For those of you who don't know Grace, she's a comedian, an author, and an all round fabulous feminist who has spoken openly about her experience of rape in the media. So I thought it'd be really good to have a conversation between the two of us about this because the social media narrative around the recent trials that have gone not guilty have been really negative towards the victims. And people are saying things like anyone who falsely accuses another person of rape should be sent to prison. This is really awful. And I think a lot of people who have been raped or victims of sexual assault are looking at these narratives and looking at these court cases and thinking, well, what's the fucking point in ever reporting because this is what people think about all of this? And it got me thinking about how many women contact me in my DMs all the time, telling me, or asking me rather, about situations that they've been in and wondering whether that was rape or that was sexual assault because they just weren't sure because of how they behaved during the scenario or whatever. So I wanted to have a real chat about that because I think that, as women, I don't think I know one woman who hasn't been in a situation that is what might we say like grey area, like borderline rape, sexual assaults when when it actually technically is a rape or a sexual assault, but you don't quite realise it maybe until after or until you've had some some hindsight. Do you? Is that and the definitely? Same with
1: yours? Uh, yeah, I mean, one hundred percent. I mean, there's not especially because it happens all throughout life but when you're a teenager there are so many questionable things that happen but you don't have the language to talk about it or say you don't really know what's right or wrong as well because kind of everything's a first and i've got so many friends who had things happen when we were teenagers And only later on, like a lot, because I've spoken so publicly about things that have happened to me, that they've then come out and been like, do you know what? Like, I feel like this person that we're kind of still friends with, you know, like that we went to school with, did something to me that was obviously not right. And then you always think like, does that person know that they've done that? Do they know how much they've harmed you by doing something that probably like at the time you, you they wouldn't have known that you weren't like comfortable with it. I mean consent such a like it's such a tricky thing to talk about and that's why people like what you were saying feel legitimized to say, well, look how many people make it up because the legal system just does not support, like, survivors of rape and, like, violence. It is, it's such a traumatic... It's so, they, they say it's so impossible to prove, and there are so many hoops that they make you jump through. And, like, I, I know people who have gone to the police with, like, so much physical evidence, video evidence, like, so much stuff, and still haven't been able to put that person in prison. Yeah,
0: So yeah. it's an
1: impossible task, and and it puts you... You know, I, I get so depressed whenever, like something like this happens because I am think of how many people that's going to stop from being put away for the things that they're doing. And it gives people who do rape license to think they can get away with it as well. It's
0: so fucking complex because really it comes down to a jury and whether the CPS, the Crown Prosecution Service in the UK is obviously the people who make the decision about whether a case should go to trial or not, they will make that decision you know, based on whether the CPS think that a jury is likely to say yes or no. And juries are really, they're just normal people. They are the same people who are sitting there in Instagram comments saying, anyone who lies about rape, those people can get called up on juries. If you have a CCTV of a total stranger pulling a woman off the road outside a nightclub, we know that most juries are going to go, that's terrible, that can't happen. When it becomes really complex is that kind of thing of, yes, I voluntarily went to this man's house. I voluntarily laid in his bed with him. He can still then go on and rape you, but it's very hard to get a jury of just your normal lay people to understand the complexities of how that can happen. And you touched on something so interesting there, which is that it's not only just the challenge of us understanding as possible victims, like actually... That shouldn't have happened. Even though I wasn't screaming and saying, no, 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 I'm pushing him off. And even though I texted him the next day to see if he liked me, that was still rape. But it's also the thing you touched on of like, this is not some monster. This is not some predator. This is some really nice guy who's actually like your mate and he's in your friendship circle. And he's not got some big history behind him. And all his mates would stand up in court and say, he's not like this. And like you say, I think a lot of young women end up in those type of situations where you're just not sure and then you can't say anything because you know exactly what the community thinks of this man or your friendship group think of him. So it's really this impossible place to be in.
1: And I think, like, that's what I always say when I get into arguments about, like, high-profile cases, is that for somebody to go through what they're going through in terms of coming out and saying that someone, like, you know with a massive platform and a huge fan base and a huge following has raped them. They're not only putting themselves up to what you've just described with, like, your community. That is millions of people that if they find out who you are are going to harass you and your life will be completely destroyed like there's no getting over the trauma that that consists of why would you do that involuntarily if it didn't happen to you and that's the thing that like makes me so angry where i i wrote an article like last year i don't know if you saw it in the guardian it was about when i was raped in america the year before my aftermath which was about which was me realising as a comedian and someone who talks so much about sex and also someone who's kind of been really praised for being so sexually promiscuous on stage because still now, like it actually is quite a big deal for women to be so sexual on stage, like in stand-up, stand-up still and old boys' club. I knew that would be get you would be used against me in a court of law. And it was it felt like I was being punished for my success because I feel like in one way I was being really like put on this pedestal for talking about things in such an unashamed way but then when actually you get raped it really feels like you're completely speechless because i've already spoken about so many things that they could just use against me i was thinking my mind was like racing with all of these things that i've said publicly That if you said that to a jury a lot of whom think that probably what i do is too much they would definitely turn against me and i think that's the it's this real crux of like when you are raped or when you experience like some some form of like sexual assault or violence, you Often think I can't believe this has happened to me because I'm so confident and I'm so loud and I don't take shit from anyone. But that's but it has happened to me. And then you saw it really plays with how you see yourself. And often it is those people that like predatory men in particular go afterwards because they want to shut you up and they they don't want you to think you can get away with that kind of behavior. And then when basically when I wrote that article, I got eight thousand messages in one day on Instagram in one day. I didn't really reply to anyone. I mean, I got like 700 messages on WhatsApp that day. Like, it was really the most overwhelming period I've ever been through. And I've still not replied to most people because obviously it was just so traumatic. But I, all the messages that I saw said the same thing, which is that something similar happened to me. You know, you're getting with someone and you're having fun and it's like a fun time until it isn't. And that... That can be true because if it's happened to you, right, the thing about, like, consent and, like, all of this stuff is you know when you've been... Violated. You mm. feel it. Like, mm. it's not something I can stand up and hold in a bag in court, but you feel it. And yeah. you have to live with it for the rest of your life. But it's so hard to prove in a sort of, like, physical form. Yeah, and That's what everybody was saying. And it was, like, comforting in a way, but also deeply depressing because it's it happens to everyone. Yeah. We all go through it. We all know someone who's going through it. And we're all completely powerless. And then these high-profile things happen. And it makes you feel even more useless.
0: Every week they deep dive into conversations with a variety of experts on some really, really important and eye or ear opening topics like the history of abortion and the science of sleep. Get excited, get curious and listen to Getting Curious wherever you get your podcasts. There's this whole thing around how people believe you should behave after trauma so, like the example that I gave earlier, where you might have been in a situation where you've been violated, raped, sexually assaulted, but you can still find yourself texting that person after, or 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 not screaming and shouting, or fighting them off, or whatever. You, you know, we can have different physical responses. You can go into freeze, where you're literally just frozen. You can go to fawn, where to protect yourself, you just play along with what they're doing just because that's the safest option at that time or you go into flight you know you run or you fight and I think the general public believe that anyone in a kind of rape or sexual assault situation, they would fight or they would run and then any other response, which we all know, and people who work in these kind of fields know that a trauma response can be just like, ah, I'm not going to do anything well, about this.
1: Disassociate. That's why people with PTSD <laughs> have disassociation, because when you experience like physical trauma like that, your body learns to separate itself. So you can't feel it. And that's what a lot of people often do in that moment, which, again, it's so hard to sort of argue with when you're in a court of law because why did you stay well i yep. stayed because my mind was feeling so traumatized i just detached from my body i, I let had, it happen to me
0: i had this where when i was having a really horrible um i was being raped i used to go into this disassociation where i would create travel maps so i wouldn't even actually know what was going on but I was planning a route from like Brixton to Vauxhall in my head and like how I would get there. And that's all that was going through my head at the time. To sort of calm yourself down. I wouldn't even yourself. be able to tell you yeah. exactly what, what was, was happening. happening. And, I, and I think for your general layperson, if you were to go to a court of law and I would say, I don't actually know what happened because I was creating roadmaps between Brixton and Vauxhall. You know, your average jury person is going to go, she's a fucking lunatic. Like that's not what you do when you're getting raped and And I actually, for this reason, I think the jury should be made up of professionals. I think that they I really shouldn't couldn't agree more. Why has that not happened? I don't understand. I know that some people are kind of fighting and 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 bringing that narrative and that argument to the to the fore, but I just can't understand how how we're not there yet. I don't think for multiple reasons, obviously, if I was raped by a stranger in the street, I would call the police. I think if I was raped on a date, the likelihood of me, doing anything about it would be very slim. A, because I'm in a similar position to you. Lots of my content could be hauled up and be like, hmm, isn't it interesting that this woman who constantly talks about this kind of stuff is now, you know, there can be that. There could also be sexual history used against you. And also you're just in this room. And also the
1: chances of anything happening are so slim. So slim. The chances of it even going to court are so slim. Yeah. And then the chances of that person being convicted are even slimmer. And then so. you know what's
0: even worse is if it, it, it for a lot of women, I'm definitely myself included, you have that guilt feeling almost of like but actually he is a really nice guy and I'm not sure that maybe he did realize that he was breaching consent and maybe he was just really horny or he was really drunk and I don't want to ruin his life because he is part of my friendship group and you know maybe I'm being dramatic and yes it was really violating but is that worth him sitting in a prison cell for the next seven years probably not you know you you, you go through all these justifications in your head as to why he, you would be doing a bad thing if you were the one to contact yeah, the police. Yeah.
1: But it's because when you even go to the police, you are treated like a criminal.
0: Yeah. That's the, that's the
1: it's the it's one of the few crimes where something happens to you and then you are the person that has committed a crime in the way that they treat you. That would so not happen if your house had been robbed and all your belongings had gone. Yeah, they wouldn't sit there and blame everything on you. But like I I just have heard it and I've experienced it and it's it's the double trauma of being raped is one thing and then having to go through all of that on top of it. I can so see why people just don't want to do it because. Yeah. It's it's so much, it's just so much more to take on for m- not much, like, reward in the end, basically. It, it's such
0: a depressing conversation. Depra- I mean, I don't know how this, uh, is, like, like... Yeah, <laughs> how like, how do we find a positive positively? at the end? Because, you know, that is the thing about it, is, like, people come to me and they say, this has happened to me, and I have to say, well, you, ha- you are well within your rights to call the police. A crime has been committed against you, but you also need to prepare yourself for the fact that this will not be an easy ride, this will not be the end of your trauma, this will possibly just be the beginning of a new trauma which a lot of victims feel like actually it was almost akin to the rape or maybe sometimes even worse violation, to be dragged up in court, to have your sexual history or even not even to get to court.
1: I, like, have such bad anxiety at the best of times Mm. that the whole process, like makes you feel deeply, deeply unsafe and, like, you need to be sort of, like, protected. I think the one positive in... The world at the moment is the like language we now have to talk about trauma and to talk about consent is so much better than even when I was at school like ten yeah no, like fifteen years Absolutely. ago now. Absolutely,
0: and so I I think you know we're coming to the end of this discussion and and uh, yeah I think with me and Grace both kind of came aware of the idea of like how do we end this without <laughs> everybody just like having the worst Monday of yeah. our whole lives like, <laughs> and so I think maybe the positive as you say is that people are talking about it now, women like me and you are, and and many other women, there's some brilliant people on Instagram, and TikTok and whatever, who are being really open about their trauma. And even if the end of that, we can't get justice by a man or person being convicted, we can find solidarity within spaces where other people have been through it. And, and I think that that's really important. If you're listening to this podcast, and you do feel like, fuck, this is something I've been through and this is something I, I, I do want to talk about, you can contact Rape Crisis England and Wales I'm not sure what the equivalents are if you're in Scotland, Ireland or out of the UK. But certainly if you Google support after rape, there is so much out there. There
1: really is. Yeah. And talking
0: about it can be a really healing thing. I think that you, it can be very difficult to talk about it and to find the words. But if you can find a, a safe space either with a therapist or or with survivors groups. There's loads of places like the Survivors Trust UK, uh, where you can also connect with other survivors. You could try and get yourself an independent sexual violence advocate if you are going through the court process, somebody who can like support you and guide you through what to expect but don't ever hold it in don't ever be ashamed anything that ever happened to you even if you texted them after even it's, if you lay yeah. there creating fucking roadmaps and didn't do anything about it it wasn't your fault it's nothing for you to be ashamed of it was a fucking violation and it will always be them that's the that's the one that we need to look at negatively never ever you
1: yeah i couldn't have said about myself
0: okay well do we tell a joke or something <clears throat> at the end here, like or just this... um... <laughs> What's your best joke,
1: Grace? My best joke. My joke that keeps getting quoted at me now when I'm out is about a time that I got the ick when a man said, Come for me and then I was like, well, I'm obviously not going to do it now that you've said it. <laughs> I guess you have to be there. Yeah. No, no. Excuse me. It's gone viral <laughs> no, no, on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. The mass millions of views.
0: No, that was a good joke. No, but
1: it's not going to be able to lighten the mood, I'm afraid. No, I don't think anything yeah. will lighten
0: the mood. I think just go and get yourself my a coffee. Dog, my
1: dog has become obsessed with humping her fake Louis Vuitton bag. That's That's my life now. Maybe you should report it my dog is probably get
0: more success reporting a dog violating a louis bag than than you would a a man violating a fucking woman that that is for sure true you know anyway go go and sort yourselves out have a little meditate go onto grace's page watch her doing some actual stand-up there's some fucking hilarious stuff there at Disgrace campbell on tiktok and instagram you can go and lighten the mood yourself or you can just go and be rampant and just follow loads of feminist pages and be really like, raw, I am woman, <laughs> hear me fucking roar. <laughs> also, a really good book is The Body Keeps
1: the Score. It's like completely changed my mind, like changed my brain and how I think about trauma. Oh, love that. It really changed my life. It's a hard read, but I couldn't recommend more.
0: Fantastic, thank you. And you will hear Grace again, back in like funny mode, back in less serious mode over the next couple of weeks. And I will be back on Wednesday with my Agony Aunt session. And then on Friday, where my Instagram comes alive. And we send you into the weekend without fuck people. La la la, let me explain. This has been a Sony Music Entertainment production.